Bourbon called satisfaction, and you grew up where I grew up, you probably get stuck in your head for the last three, four, five weeks. Uh, so we do that. We tell that to everybody, believe it or not. And uh, it seems to me, whether we say it out loud or not, it seems to me that we at least act like the purpose of prayer is problem solving. Have you ever noticed our prayer requests are uh, predominantly about problems either in our lives or somebody else's lives or that we want them to put those problems solved? Well, okay. You've heard dad jokes? How many of you heard dad jokes? Have you heard dad jokes? Well, there's something that's a little worse than a dad joke and it's a pastor joke. And you'll hear one right now. Uh, I've heard other pastors. I mean, I've heard all the pastors refer to prayer times as organ recitals. I'm not sure what I mean by that. Let me tell you, it's a good preview to me here. Little Bobby Carroll fell over his arm. And someone's sister's husband taken by marriage to his stepmother's feet. He's sprinkling on his back. We've got an appendix problem, we've got a heart problem, we've got a bone problem, we've got a... Yeah, okay. Well, that's just a few questions, I think, yeah. Now, before, before somebody starts thinking, I don't care about these things, and it's not that I don't care about physical issues and, and problems that we bring in, and it would be even worse yet if you started to think that I'm going to tell you that Jesus doesn't care about these things because he does care about these things. If you read the story uh, and the record of what, how he acted in this world, every time you turn around, he's healing people of their physical problems. Okay, so I'm not telling you that I don't think I'm not saying that they're not important. But the question I want us to think about is why, I mean, this statistic is made up. It is probably a slight exaggeration. But why are maybe 99.9% of our prayers focused on problem solving? Could it be? Could it be that we have a particular quality of life in our minds that actually proves that we can seduce by the idol of comfort. All of our prayers, or most of our prayers, or the vast majority of our prayers, are about Jesus solving problems so that we won't be as uncomfortable as we are. I think we have a problem. Comfort is like a drug. We always want more. Yet we're never comfortable enough. We can always be more comfortable. But living in comfort, safety, and the apathy that comes with it is the exact opposite of what Jesus Christ and how he taught us to live. He's always calling us out of comfort zone. So, we are talking about prayer today and what it is, and it is perfect, and I want to invite you to turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. Uh, we're going to be reading these verses and 
We're talking about them for a few moments as we try to discover a perfect beyond problem solving for prayer. Not the problem solving is, I'm just saying it's not all of it. Okay? And follow me so far, I don't want to lose anybody here. I'm not trying to replace praying for our problems, I'm trying to add to it. Something I think is even more important. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. You can follow along up here with me if you'd like. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless throne. We do not know what we ought to pray for. It's not just what we ought to pray for, we don't know how to pray. But it's not just a what to pray, but a how to pray, and how to pray in a way that is honoring to our Heavenly Father and honoring to God and to Him that we respect you, that we praise you, that we recognize you as our Lord, our life Savior. And so we, what Paul's saying here is, here's our problem. We do not know what we ought to pray for or how we ought to pray in a way that's worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Always an important word in the Bible. But the Spirit helps us. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. God is the one who searches our hearts. And the Spirit, as we are so close, the Holy Spirit and God the Father are so close, they don't need to talk. They don't need audible communication. God knows. The Father knows the Spirit thoughts as He prays for us and with us. Further on in, in Romans chapter 8, Paul also tells us that Jesus is interceding for us. So I want you to understand something. When we pray, Jesus, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or God the Spirit, are our intercessors. I mean, they are praying for us just as we are talking to our Heavenly Father. So we have two prayer partners out of the Trinity, and I can assure you that the Father is in full agreement with Jesus and the Spirit. So they're all pulling for us. God is pulling for us. The entire Trinity is pulling for us. The relationship between them is so close, they don't need to speak. They understand each other. They know what each other's thoughts are. Now, I suspect that the reason or, or that the request that we have, the agenda for our prayers that are aimed at ending or solving problems, um, that these all come from this desire comfortable. Who really wants to be sick? Anybody in their right mind? Yeah. Who, who, wants, who wants to uh, get to uh, see if there's an initial fix of that? Not a good idea. It might fix you. But what if the purpose of prayer is not to take us towards solutions for our problems, but into the presence of God? What if the purpose of prayer, the primary purpose of prayer, is not for us to have 
our problem solving to be comfortable, but to actually experience the comfort of being with God. Before you leave, my, you wonder what if I lost my mind with starting with the song I sang. What if, what if the purpose of prayer is to move from I can't get no satisfaction to I found satisfaction in What if the journey of growing up in our life of prayer leads to a place where we keep, keep seeking? the relief of our problems and we find refuge in the Holy Spirit's presence where we discover that He Himself is our relief regardless of our circumstances. So, let's try this on for sermon on the sentence. The true test of our prayer, our prayer is a connection with your Heavenly Father where you feel safe and close. It's not so much being able to list off all the answers to prayer and all the problems God solved, although those are important. But God certainly is in the business of solving problems. But it's not just that. It's more than that. It is Having a connection, experiencing a connection, a satisfaction. You were created to have this kind of connection with our Heavenly Father. We were created to know Him and to feel safe and close when we're with Him. Prayer is where we experience the presence of God. That's prayer's primary purpose. Prayer is primary purpose is for us to experience the presence of God. Prayer is where we exchange our self-confidence for God's confidence. The prayer is a connection with our Heavenly Father where we feel safe and close. Prayer is where we express our need for Jesus, where we admit to Him, I need you. Lord, I need you. Prayer is where we and our hope and our love because we are in the presence of the Creator of all things who can do anything and will do anything and everything He promised us. True test of prayer is a connection with our Heavenly Father where we feel safe and close. Prayer is where we experience this connection with our Heavenly Father, our King, with the Holy Spirit, our always present helper. The one who helps us even when we don't know what to pray for or how to pray. So, what keeps us from doing this? What keeps us from focusing our prayers on knowing His presence rather than solving our problems? Well, it's basically this left to ourselves, we don't know what to pray for or how to pray. The moment we think we haven't figured out, I want you to know we need to go back to school. I mean, I want you to pause for a moment and think about who wrote these, these words originally under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, if, if it isn't enough to know that the Holy Spirit told Paul to write these, think about who this guy was. This, this was like the 
church planting and starting missionary of all time. This is a guy who could go into a town and in three days start a church. And leave. And it would be a good church, a model church, an awesome church, a growing church, the people's lives are being changed. This is a guy who grew up praying the prayers or in the Bible and the Psalms. This is a guy who grew up. He knew everything of himself. If there's anything to know about what he knows about theology, Paul knew it. He's a highly educated person. He had been a follower of Jesus or of God for all his life. And he had met Jesus. Well, thank you, Faith. To ourselves, we do not know what to pray for and how to pray. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. When we connect, though, with the Holy Spirit, He helps us. He intercedes for us according to God's will. Well, one of the ways we know that we're connecting with another person when we're having a conversation with them is just, you know, eye contact. You see those thoughts, you're not making connections. If your face is buried in their phone, you might be making connections if you're more texting. Always want more of it. When we connect with the Holy Spirit, we always want 
more gifts. And the cool thing is, there's always more of him to go around. Comfort by his women. All we feel like we can do is this world to get comfortable. But there's no end to this. When we connect with him, he both satisfies us and stimulates our appetite. For me, kind of like those appetizers, keeping, you know, the, the dessert, the taste good. They make you hungry. It's just enough to make you go, yeah, where's the food? And I connect with the Holy Spirit and go, yeah, where's more? Okay? That is the way it is for all of us. However, we need to recognize our connection with Him. However, it is. Our response. More, please. So you know what I'm doing. This is quite better than the baby crying in high school. That's the way it is. So the first step, the first step is towards freedom, the freedom from comfort and seeking comfort and security. And the first step is seeking it's simply that. Lord, I need you. You have best done in our heart at the foot of the cross where he died. We sing a song called, Lord, I need you. Here are a few lines from it. Lord, I come. I confess, bowing down, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that satisfies my heart. Where sin unseed your grace is more, where grace is found is where you are. Where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness. Holiness. You're my one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, I am you. We're going to sing that song. And as we're singing this, I want you to make this your prayer. Lord, I need you. I can write it all my Bible tells, but beyond that, and more important than that, I want you. I need you. As we're singing, Elsewhere, if you'd like, I want you to feel free to pray. Lord, I need you. Every hour, every day, 